We're working with a budget of over 30 billion, though a smaller portion of that is given to the school system. That's bigger than most countries' GDP. Out of the 30 billion, schools allocate 9 million on instruction. $6 million go on support services, and additionally, there's $795 million on other expenses. LA Unified School District has more money in their budget to spend than the GDP of Cambodia, Iceland, Georgia, Zambia. We're actually so low right now that we can lump in the bottom 40 countries together almost combined. Yeah. And by the way, 59% of that revenue comes from the state to us. LA Unified School spends more money every single year than the military defense spending of Italy, Australia, Canada, Israel, Spain, Brazil, Poland, Netherlands, Qatar, Taiwan, Singapore, Turkey, Pakistan, Colombia, Algeria, Indonesia, Mex Mexico. And by now we're in like the 8.5 billion a year. We're paying astronomical $18 billion. Parents are taxpaying communities and we're just not getting anything for it. He's just standing there menacingly. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the 59th episode of the Adam King Show found at Bandai Video, hosted by InfoWars. You know, I got to tell you, we've been in and out of these live streams, trying to nail it, trying to not nail it. And um, I promised you guys I would live stream all these episodes. And uh, it just didn't work this week. That's okay. We're still getting an episode done. And uh, this episode is uh, is a doozy. I mean, it's... You know, I want to pivot away from all the religious stuff. I've been trying so hard. It's like I keep getting sucked into these things on Twitter where everybody wants to know about the Jewish this and the Jewish that. But the reason why I'm here is is really to fight a war. And that is the war for freedom, humanity, team humanity and human freedom. And that's what brings me to do this. So the Jewish stuff, whatever, I'm just a Jewish guy. There's nothing way around that. But um, I get to flex a little bit of the Jewish stuff with the politics this week because this week's episode has to do with the politics of the shtetl. Yep. I love it when I get to do these episodes. I get to do these episodes for the block, if you know what I mean. If you're in the hood, you're in the hood and you know what I mean. But this week's episode is for the hood. And we have joining us on this week's episode, actually a candidate who is running for school board in our neighborhoods. Now, this is like really important to me, the, the child school stuff. I don't have children, but I would like to have children. And the landscape of the uh, everything that has to do with the child education system bugs me out whether private, whether public. And so we're going to have an episode today with a candidate for LA School Board uh, District 1. I'm going to be joined by my good friend, Rena Tambor, who comes in from Los Angeles. Rena was a school teacher in New York City, came to LA, has a family here in LA, has been equally disgusted with the situation as all of our viewer audience is. And I've invited her onto the show to talk about her campaign for uh, uh, school district board uh, in LA and how we plan to take the power back because that's what this show is about. It's about winning a war. So Rena, welcome to the Adam King Show. Thank you so much, Adam, for having me and letting me voice our need for the children for the schools. You know, absolutely. And I just want to say, like, we get a lot of really great guests on this show. And, you know, I, I, we had uh, Patrick Morrissey, attorney general of West Virginia, who's running for governor. We've had uh, in the last election cycle, we had gubernatorial candidates. 
all these executive roles are so great, but really the real change that's needed comes on the grassroots level. It's about the school boards. It's about the city councils. It's about the the um, the uh, community boards. All these different things are so important, and we on the right, I guess you'd call it. I don't even want to call it left and right anymore, Rena. It's like it doesn't even yeah. fit into that paradigm anymore. It's like with us or against us, and with us meaning America. Are you with us or against us? And but it's about these local elections. And you took upon yourself to run for school board district one. And you're fighting uh, the battle against the establishment. And what made you do this? Tell our audience, give us a little bit of background on yourself and tell us what brought you here. Absolutely. Um, I am a former teacher from New York City where it's not easy being a teacher and wasn't easy. Um, I am a mother of three, a grandmother of three and one on the way. So I've been through the school system here in LA with my grandchildren and still through that. Um, and there is a desperate need for change. It is actually urgent from my perspective. Um, we need to make changes. We need to urgently alert everyone that irregardless, as you mentioned, you don't have children. Um, not everyone has children in the school system. A lot of kids are in private school. A child is a child. They will play outdoors. They will text each other. They will see each other in soccer. They will see each other on the dance floor. We need to have everyone on board with this because irregardless of who we are, it makes a difference for us when it comes to kids academically being taught how to read and how to write how to do math, just the basics. We need to go back to basics. And that's why I'm jumping back into the world of making a difference. I've taught for many years. I worked in sleepaway camps with 800 campers, 200 staff members. Um, it's quite scary what's going on in the school system. And we can't allow this to continue. We have to make changes. Right. It's pretty dire, you know, like I, I want to like be gentle because you are running in Los Angeles County. So I want to like really tiptoe and not say what's always on my mind like I, I normally do. You know, I want to respect you and, and all the not put you in a situation where they could clip you. But I mean, like you're really going up against the establishment. Yesterday, we, you and I were, were on Twitter and we did a, a, a Twitter spaces, stra X spaces strategy session. And um, we talked about a lot of different things. One of the topics that we got that got brought up was like the black pilled nature of elections in California and the seemingly obvious question of voter fraud. Now, I question these lower level elections very heavily, especially, you know, district attorney down after Gascon, it was like. How could we trust our elections boards to actually serve our best interests? How do we actually know that the people who are being voted into office are actually getting into office? Did Gascon really win that election and release all the prisoners that went around killing and stealing? Or did, was, that, was that voter fraud? And so you and your race on these lower level races, I feel like the only way to really take one of them is to have like a tidal wave of support so that at least allows for the questioning of the voter fraud should there actually be some sort of voter fraud. Like it, it cannot look like the other elections. There has to be a massive wave and insurgency for you. Um, are you worried about voter fraud in your election? You know, we've heard some things from where it's being counted, where the ballots are being sent in. Um, I don't have any validation of anything. But all I'm going to say is because the school board is a nonpartisan, you could be Republican, you could be Democrat, you could be an independent, you could be anyone. Right. It doesn't really much matter. I'm running on a platform for our children. I'm running on the platform of basically honoring the parents so that the parents will have a say and the innocence of children in the schools. So it doesn't matter right. what you believe in politically. This has to do with the core of our future. Right. 
And these issues that you're most passionate about, there's so such a variety of them. And I said in the monologue, I'm giving the, this is really like one of the episodes for the shtetl, which I love doing these episodes just for like the OG crew in the in the hood. And District One falls in the Jewish neighborhoods, the Orthodox mm-hmm. Jewish neighborhoods of L.A. And so um, oh, we lost your video. I don't know if we lost your audio, but we got you back. But in that process of, um, you know, there's all sorts of issues that are that are important to different different groups inside of the district. But the number one issue that bugs me out is like the sexualization of children inside of the school system and the acceptance of the gender ideologies and the, the, the forcing it upon the youth. Is this an issue to you? How do you feel about this? And like, where's your stance on the whole sexualization of children in schools? It is an issue, but I just want to go back, if I may, for one second about your previous question. Um, it oh, is about urgent. Voter fraud? Well, yeah, not necessarily a fraud, but I think if anyone and everyone who can vote come out and vote March 5 so that inevitably your vote right. will be counted, will be heard. And if we see an X amount of people coming in to vote, but we only have 30% of those votes, we start to question it. So come out and vote. Your vote will ultimately be counted. We need to start making a difference. We need to make the difference now. So that was the previous question. Um, To answer you about um, sexuality and explicit sexual books that are in the school libraries today, um, I have pictures of it. I've received numerous copies of Hmm. information. Um, I don't necessarily want to share all these things, but one of the books that's actually in the school system basically um, is called Normal. Um, we have books on you know, sexual positions. They're in the schools. And so a five-year-old can happen to just be leafing through it and seeing it, a 10-year-old. Um, these are things that should not be on the school shelf for any child to see, but rather if appropriate age-wise, then we can teach them about it and or in the home, parents have ability to teach about it as well. And so sexually explicit material should not be just available in the school system. You know, we can't have yeah. Bibles in the school. Kids could bring them in, they could read it at lunch, but we, we've got to be age appropriate, mm-hmm. information appropriate, so the kids know how to read and how to write. That's what we need to spend time on, not about sexuality in the school system. So I have a real question for you based Mm -hmm. on all because I know you collect a lot of empirical evidence with like the sexualization of of minors and stuff in in the schools. What is the youngest age like book that you have seen? What demographic is the youngest demographic that you've seen targeted with sexualized material in the schools? Um, Adam, that's a very open question, actually, because if the book is in the library, any child can pull it out. Well, I understand that. But, you know, like some books are written in paragraph form. Some books are not even picture books. Some books are like picture books with one sentence on each page because the kid is five. We've shown some stuff on our network that has been distributed through school systems where they are like literally sexualizing um like five-year-olds there was this book called my pretty pussycat and it's about this young girl who's constantly petting her pussycat and meets up with a boy who has a pet chicken and and it's his cock and the chicken the pussycat and the cock play with each other and this is in a book a children's book you know and so so the question that i that I have for you is this is you you're like an actual candidate for office. You're collecting empirical evidence about these, what I would call sexualization crimes of minors in the school system. What is the youngest material you've seen targeted? Like the, the what age group would you see something specifically made for that age group that is in the school system? Um, as young as kindergarten. As young as kindergarten, um, I'm looking at something right now that I will not share because it was given to me 
to talk about. And that is actually um, a book that actually, um, it's featuring graphics. And I've got the pictures like sitting right in front of me right now as I speak with you. Can you share and it with it's... us? Why not, why not share it with us? Break the news here. Um, you we, know, need, we need radical leaders who aren't afraid to break the news. Break the news. There are, there are images from, the book is called It's Perfectly Normal. Oh, actually, don't show the images. I'll tell you why, because we're just about to come out of a YouTube ban. And if I show those images on my YouTube channel, they will kick me off again That's for sexual exactly. exploitation, even though they're in the schools. But so good point. Don't show those pictures. Yeah. But but maybe you could tell us the title of the book. The title of the book is called It's Perfectly Normal. And they have it basically public school teaching kids. It's normal to have sex like this. And um, so. This is what's in the schools right now. Um, we have. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow is right. So I'm just going to do a little screen share here. <coughs> and I found the book on Amazon for $13.99. Mm -hmm. Ages 10 and uh, up, it says. More well, than 1.5 million copies they kicked out of here. It's Perfectly Normal has been a trusted resource on sexuality for more than 25 years, rigorous vetted by experts. Uh, the experts say, I'm so sick of the experts. This is yeah. the most ambitiously updated edition yet. Yeah, ambitiously, right, because they're really trying to groom the kids. Featuring to-the-minute information and language accompanied by new and refreshed art. This is disgusting. Yeah, so this is information that I have received. Oh my God, so Rena, look at all these books. I know, I know. Sex I know. is a funny word? What the hell is this? What the mm -hmm. mother F is this? And this is, some of these are actually in the schools or some kids have it because of what they oh have. Oh so, my God. Um, this is an issue for me, for it, something like that to be in the school system. In the schools, we need to learn Kids need to learn how to read and write. Adam, they don't know how to read and write. We have numbers that are actually frightening. We have, um, you know, like 58, just to give you a number about the reading, and I'm moving from the sex things because wow. this is what's given a part of the, the, the educator's time, the teacher's time to deal with books. So like where was that book? Hold on, let's back up for a second. Where was that book? that you had where did they give it to you it was in like a classroom it was in a library it was in library wow in it what in, in a school in our district um i don't know which it, it was in the la usd that's crazy so if it's our district or another was district, it an elementary it school or like a junior high school what kind of school it was elementary school oh my god and what i'm being told is that basically quote unquote a lot of these books are wow. brought and approved by the state. Oh, and my God. So if the state approves it, we have to have it. No such thing. No such thing. That was mind-blowing that they're on Amazon like that. Mm-hmm. So if people need to really be aware. I remember of... when I got the talk. Do you remember when you got the talk way back when? Yeah, but also I remember I, when I got the talk. Yeah, you know, I, was I remember grade, we had hygiene where they taught us certain things, not sexuality. But it the wasn't basic, like a, it wasn't like that. That's not how I no, got taught. That's no, not no, how no. I had the talk. Not a chance. Not at all. Not a chance. <laughs> not at all. I didn't have like cartoon. No. It, pornos it was for kids. It was taboo. Yeah. That's and so, so gross. Rena, that just. <sighs> I told you I have information and I told you. You know who you probably why... buys those? Pedos probably buy those. Well, look, I have something Ugh. else to tell you on, on, on this. And then we'll move on to another subject. Ugh, that just grossed so, me out. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen some of those books and stuff, especially in like the high schools. Mm -hmm. Anyways, go on. Sorry to be disgusted no, no, no. in front of you. 
this this is it's a it's a it's an emergency right, it's it really is an emergency you know because if kids are watching as we talked about yesterday they're driving yeah. on the street and all these signs and then they have this in school it's like you know what else is left not to do right so i was telling rena yesterday on our spaces when we were strategizing on district one and i encourage all of our enemies to go watch that video um that um like all the billboards in the Orthodox Jewish neighborhood, not all of them, but like a lot of them have been bought up by LGBTQ ads advertising homosexuality to the Orthodox Jewish community. So when you couple that with what's going on in school, Rena just said the kids are driving to the market with their mother, six, seven years old. They already saw this book with graphic images of homosexual children and they look up and they see these signs lgbtq there's a reason that they're marketing this in the most religious parts of los angeles and parents have a right to make decisions for their children help the children make decisions it's not that we need to have things blasted in our faces all the time we need to educate kids i mean if there's a child who selects gender differential it's fine but they're born with is fine but not to be in our faces in our schools which is the critical thing so the child is and i think i mentioned this little story to you can i tell it the one about the 11 year old girl yeah sure up in so i think this is this is really uh, an eye-opening story it's not a story it's something that not too long ago happened up uh, in the San Francisco school district, a little 11 year old girl who was having issues at home. Um, her mom was just a single mom diagnosed with cancer. The little girl's grandfather had passed away, single family, single, single parent. And this 11 year old came to school basically telling the teacher that she wants to be a boy. And the teacher talked to her and day after day, this went on for, for a bit. And you want to be a boy? Yes, because boys don't cry. Um, moving forward, it, she was sent to the school counselor. Counselor walked her through with the teacher. And they basically changed this girl's gender name um, and miscellaneous other changes that went on. In the whole process of all this, the mother was never, ever informed, never notified never questioned and only after this transition of name and miscellaneous other thing nothing physical because she was 11 at the time um did the mother find out because the kid was basically dumped you know they did whatever they wanted to do and and the little girl now is coming in with a boy's name and the only thing that this girl was was complaining about she doesn't want to cry like boys she wants to be a boy because she doesn't want to cry she has all these issues at home, losing her grandfather, mother is sick. The mother is, is probably, you know, distraught. Help her out, you know, with mental assistance. So we are lacking the knowledge of how to mm -hmm. mental health ability to help kids who have issues simply like that. Fast forward, the mother took the school to court. She won $100,000, but how sad that in the crisis of her own personal life, she had to deal with this with her daughter. So we need to know, and this is where I'm coming in, being so forthright for parental rights and parental involvement in with their children. They need to know, and teachers are not equipped to deal with this. Clearly mental health people need to be a part of the school system to help kids out and listen to them. You know, I just think it's crazy. Like there's like the failing test grades. There's like like poor uh, graduation rates. There's all these like statistical anomalies of like failure inside of the education system. And they've been mm -hmm. there and perpetrated there for a very long time. But like this is like a dire situation. This one specific issue 
of the sexualization of minors inside of the school system is of dire consequence. It needs to be addressed immediately. Every single time that a child is groomed sexually, it is sexual assault. It is sexual abuse of a minor. Well, and also given the fact that right now we actually have gender studies that are almost mandatory in the schools and that's taking up time from the the academic studies. Right. And we need to really be aware of that. So we have to wake up and I'll give you, you're talking about the numbers. Right. In actuality, in LA, in LA Unified School District, the test results actually are showing us in 2023, which is just, you know, a step back, that 58% of our students actually did not, did not meet the standard for English over half the kids. Wow. So we have half the kids walking around. They don't know how to read and write. They don't reading comprehension. Understand. They just, they're failing. And even a better score is that in math, 69% did not meet the state standard. And we talked about this yesterday as well. 69%, that's a staggering number staggering absolutely staggering number and how can these kids graduate how can they move on um how can they be good upstanding citizens with this type of of grading of scores um so we need from the basics i want to go back to the academics i want to go back to parents rights i want to really reach out to kids who are in need of you know, we have a lot of special needs in our school, about 65,000 special needs students. Right. That doesn't mean that they just need to be ignored, doesn't mean that they need one-on-one, -on -one, but incorporate them in what is actually the right thing to do. And we know what are the right things to do. Right. And we have a huge budget that we can help these kids. We don't even... You know, somebody asked me the other day about raising taxes, if we need to, you know, reallocate funds. We're working with a budget of over $30 billion, billion. LAUSD is a $30 billion budget? Overall, we have a $30 billion budget. Just for LAUSD? And we're getting a very small portion of that. That's crazy. So a smaller portion of that is given to the school system. That's bigger than most countries' GDP. Mm-hmm. So, Actually, I'm going to look that statistic up. I'm going to read it to you right now because I have it. Average um, national. Nine million dollars on instruction out of the 30 billion. Schools allocate nine million with an M on instruction. So you could see the discrepancy. Six million dollars go on support services. And additionally, there's seven hundred ninety five million dollars and other expenses. That's insanity. Mm -hmm. So we we have money. We just have to figure out how to reallocate it, how to use it correctly. So it's I'm there. looking up there. a chart right now mm -hmm. on listing countries by GDP. Mm -hmm. And we leave the trillions at number 20 with Switzerland and get into the billions. And we get to 30 billion at 110, Cambodia. So listen to this. LA Unified School District has more money in their budget to spend than the GDP of Cambodia, Iceland, Georgia, Zambia, Trinidad and Tobago, Bosnia, Haiti, Sudan, Armenia, Guinea, Albania, Mozambique, Mali, Yemen, Burkina, which there's a huge war there, Burkina Faso, Botswana, Malta, Benin, Syria, Gabon, Mongolia, Jamaica, Nicaragua, Niger, North Korea, Guana, Moldova, North Macedonia, Madagascar, Brunei, Afghanistan, Mauritius, Congo, Laos, Rwanda, Bahamas, Malawi, Kyrgyzstan, Namibia, Chad. Some of you are probably wondering why I'm going through this whole list. It's important that you see all these countries. Tajikistan, Somalia, Kosovo, Mauritania, New Caledonia, Equatorial Guinea, Togo, Monaco, Bermuda, Montenegro, Maldives, Liechtenstein, South Sudan, Barbados, French Polynesia, Cayman Islands, Fiji, Eswana, Liberia, 
Djibouti, Aruba, Anora, Sarami, Sierra Leone, Greenland, Belize, Burundi, Central African Republic. We're actually so low right now that we can lump in. LA Unified School District has more money than the bottom 40 countries together. Almost combined. Yes, combined. Yeah. Yep. That's so insane. The LA Unified School District has more money to spend than the bottom 40 countries of the earth make in a year. And we fail everything. And by the way, 59% of that revenue comes from the state to us. So we have the funds and only, you know, 30% is generated from local sources. I stopped so the list. At the bottom of the list is uh, all sorts of islands. It's crazy. There's 40, 40 plus countries on this list that, mm-hmm. that yeah. we, we have more. This is news to me. I never thought, I never saw it through that lens before. That's why I'm here. You know, Rena, let's look at that statistic one more time. Let's see all the countries that GDP is a billion dollars, a $30 billion. 30, yeah. We have Lebanon, El Salvador, Honduras, Zimbabwe, Cyprus, Papua New Guinea, Senegal, Cambodia, and Iceland. Macau and Libya and Libya. Yeah. Yeah, Countries GDP compared to the amount of budget that LA Unified School District spends every single year. How many kids are in the school system? Do you know? We have dropped. We had over 500,000 kids. We've dropped in the last couple of years to just tad underneath 500,000. I believe it's like- Let's run that number actually. I'm actually quite curious. Mm-hmm. How much? And how many dollars about per student? Eighteen thousand, about eighteen thousand per student. That's insane, and they can't figure it out Mm-mm. per year. Per year. So eighteen thousand, and like the average classroom size is what? Um, we're looking at twenty plus students, but again, we're talking Let's about say twenty. Numbers. Let's say twenty. So every single classroom nets $360,000 a year. But adding that's excluding, that's excluding the undocumented kids that have been, you know, filing into our school system. And we are getting money. So the number is, so the number is above 360,000 per classroom minimally. That's the most conservative because some classrooms I'm sure have like 30 students. I didn't have 20 students. I had more than 20 (laughs) students in my classes. That's right. Right. So at 20 students is $360,000 a year per classroom. Mm -hmm. How many classrooms are in the school district? Do you know? That'd be Um, another interesting number. Um, I can tell you the number of Is that in the district or is that in LAUSD as a whole? LAUSD as a whole. Yeah. You know, the GDP thing blew my mind, Rena. We're going to have to clip that one hard. Yes. And I will get you more information because hopefully you'll have me on the show again. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And we'll do follow-ups because I am constantly getting newer information. And um, so here's the answer for... 2022-23, 2022-23, we had 565,000 students. But that number has dropped, as I mentioned, because we also have, because of whatever reasons, um, students have just dropped out of school. And we've got t- less than 25,000 teachers because we are teacher short. You know, yeah. I just came from a school that they're needing teachers. And so... They're training educators. That's, you know, how bad really things are. Here's another really bizarro statistic for you, Rena. Mm -hmm. Let's take that 30. Let's change the game, right? Uh We already established that an average classroom is going to bring in $360,000 a year, right? Right. With 25,000 teachers at a $30 billion budget. That would mean that every year each teacher could essentially have $1.2 million to spend on education. Really? You think? That's a crazy number. 
thirty billion divided by twenty five thousand teachers. Essentially, that's one point two million dollars per teacher. That well, we have a lot in is in the also. system. Yeah, that should outrage everybody. Yeah. Instead of per classroom, we're now talking about per teacher. So, mm -hmm. and then how much of that goes into administrative for their school systems? I'm sure a ton. I'm sure they they I'm sure they gobble over half of it for administration fees. Whatever it is, we but still, even still think about it. A teacher can bring in a teacher. If, I, I imagine that if a teacher had six hundred thousand dollars independently, the education would be much better than uh, all the bureaucracies that go into this school system. The it it just shows you how industrialized our school system has become. They they're destroying the future. It's not just the children. It's like the future economy, like 20 years from now, 10 years from now, like nobody's going to be trained in anything. They're just going to be a bunch of emotional, overreactive adult, young adults who never grew up. And, and on that note, by the way, our district, the Los Angeles um, school district has only 82.2% graduation rate. So one in every five kids don't graduate. Yeah. And if you add that up to the number of students who have been through the school system, what are they doing? Because they clearly are not academically inclined to be a benefit to our society. Right. We're not teaching them any other vo you know, vocation in the school where they used to teach vocational studies um for them you know i just came from one of the schools they actually have dancing there they have arts there they have uh music so they are teaching children things that they can use in the future and we don't have that in the public schools because funds have been cut so we need to really wake up and redo um how we teach our kids that's the future it's they honestly crazy to me <laughs> it's so crazy to me. I, I think that some of these statistics in this that we just went over are, are really game changing. Truly, truly game changing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, my mind is blown right now. I, I I don't even know how to continue. We still have like a half hour left of the episode, and I'm just like, what? What else do we talk about? Clearly, there's massive amounts of corruption, and clearly there. There's an agenda with insane amounts of money to brainwash children into being LGBTQ, to be trans. I'm going to get water. I'll be back in a second. Please. I'll continue so with a soliloquy. I love talking. <coughs> so you hear it, guys. This is like, this is crazy stuff, you know, like it goes on and on and on and, and. If you think about the vast size of this juggernaut, this American education system in general, but not even America, we're just talking about Los Angeles. The Los Angeles education system is $30 billion. That's crazy. It would make it the 104th largest economy in the world out of 213 economies. To me, this just shows the real pinnacle nature of the problem. And uh, my mind is just blown on this episode, Rena. You really took me to a new level. It's much well, more than just the sexualization of children. Well, there's a lot more that, you know, the school district has to do for our children. Um, and I think the funding is there and we need to utilize it correctly. We need, you know, safety issues for the school. Um, the kids need to be protected. The teachers need to be, you know, for example, teachers don't need to be the police person. So here's, a, I got another crazy statistic for you. No, go on, finish that and then we'll go into another one. We, we could talk all day because there's so much in the school. Finish that point and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your mind again. Okay, um, it won't be the first time. So really importantly, the, the teachers, the students, the parents need to have a safe haven when they bring their children to school. Now the children need to be safe on many levels. 
So we're talking about bullying. We're talking about sexuality. We need to talk about basically that they need to be safe from someone else coming onto the premises. So safety issues really incorporate a lot. The word safety means a whole lot. Um, so we need to address that to have the children protected in the school system. We need to have the teachers protected in the school. So as a teacher, I don't want to look around in my class and feel that somebody's walking in through the door and I'm like, uh, who is this? They're That's talking crazy. about possibly having some teachers with, you know, guns in school, not necessarily right here, but if it starts anywhere, we need to really get control of the safety issues. So when a, a child is dropped at school by a parent, we're, we're having parents who really rely on the school system to take care of their children. Yeah, I'm, that's, that's a great segue to the next mind blow that I'm gonna give you because it's about safety and security, right? So yeah. like now let's look at how much budget LA Unified District has in comparison to countries listed by military defense spending. Because all these countries have enough money to put forward militaries. But L.A. Unified School District doesn't even have enough money to put forward for a single security officer. So L.A. Unified School District has more money in its budget than starting at number 12. Number 11 is Ukraine. Number 12 is Italy. L.A. Unified School spends more money on its uh, uh, spends more money every single year than the military defense spending of Italy, Australia, Canada. Israel, Spain, Brazil, Poland, Netherlands, Qatar, Taiwan, Singapore, Turkey, Pakistan, Colombia, Algeria, Indonesia, Mex Mexico. And by now we're in like the 8.5 billion a year. These, these countries don't even feel like a sizable real military. But Turkey, like I said, is 10.6 billion. Pakistan is 10.3. Israel's 23.4 billion. Canada, 26.9. Australia, 32.3 billion dollars. So you think about LA budgets that, that LA spends more on education than these countries do on their militaries, yet they cannot field a single security officer with a gun at every single school. And we're even talking about something so stupid. It's not stupid. It's actually quite smart. Teach the, the teacher should have gun training. That's the, the co most cost effective way to do this. Everybody always complains it would cost too much. We'd have to raise taxes. You got $30 billion right there. But Adam, you don't want to take away from my perspective. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think I would as a teacher, as an educator, I don't want to be the police officer in my classroom. Right. So a I security officer, a, a security guard's annual salary for the school system, you make a special police force just for the city and it's just for the school districts and they're all unified. Yep. LA Unified has its own. Do you know that the Bureau of Cannabis Control in the state of California has its own police force? The yes. the the Health Bureau has 2200 police officers just in the health bureau mm -hmm. uh, of the state of California schools district, zero police officers. So if there was a police department, a LAUSDPD, and they stationed one permanent person in every single school. There's your problem right there. You got your armed guard. It's an actual police officer who can detain and arrest somebody. You know, they could call in backup. You know, it's a, what are we doing? <laughs> These and, are such simple of, problems. Of, Why are they taking so long to solve them? Yeah. And Adam, a lot of a lot of parents that I've spoken to um, have been concerned of having a police officer at the school. However, we've had that previously. And if you have somebody who is a security guard, not a police, but a security guard, kids get to know who he is and it depends how you introduce this person to the school, that he's there or she's there to be a part of the school system, a part of their family. Yeah. And to protect them so that they don't have to be on alert all the time. That if they hear something in the school, they have to jump under the table or, you know, block the doorway or anything like that. So 
protect our children, give them the the mellowness yeah. and the security of being quiet in a school. And I'll of tell you something. Edge. If an officer is involved in a shootout anywhere in the city and radio's in for backup, there's 20 cop cars in three seconds that is going to be on that spot. If it's right. a security guard with a privatized company, cops are going to be one removed arm removed from the active shooter situation. If it's, it's an actual police department in LAUSD PD, they're going to be surrounding the school in second. There's never going to be a school shooting again. But you know, like here on this show, like I always talk about it. Like a lot of these schools shooters are like hyped up on SSRIs. And now it seems to be this trend of this transgendered trend of school shooters. Um, but that's a good pivot. You know, we, we talked about security. Now let's talk about, let's go a little bit more depth into security and talk about, you know, the, the, what I would call the mind control, but the over prescribing of, uh, mental medication, SSRIs, stuff like that to children in the schools. What's your thoughts on those? Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that because, um, one of my family members years ago was basically told not to come to school unless he gets um is put on ritalin wow ritalin was the medication of the time to um control a child shall we say um and needless to say it was the most detrimental thing that they could have prescribed at the time to most children and we need to have mental health people who are really educated in the field to deal with children, to deal with educators, because educators have our people. And, you know, right now we're dealing with a lot of crises with children post lockdown. We've had kids who have been away from school, away from their friends, away from a classroom, away from their teachers. All they were living with is this small little box and I know that personally because I've seen that with my grandchildren. They they have really missed their couple of years of maturation in the social world. And that has in itself has given them major issues. We're not dealing with that right now on the school level. We need to help these kids move past that fear of being locked away, of not going to school. My grandson's teacher passed away from COVID. You know, they were doing homework daily um, on Zoom, and then one day the teacher is gone. So whatever it was, whatever illness he had, COVID or whatever, we need to help these children mentally to support them if they need medication, medicate them correctly, but the parents have to be a part of this. So we can't just take a step back and say, you know what, we gotta drug them or we can't drug them. We have to be careful with what the kids bring to school. That's another key issue. Right. Because we have parents with medications. We have parents who have drugs mm -hmm. and the kids have access to that. So again, it's the safety of the school, you know, of listening for the adults of what's going on with the children. I mean, honestly, these, this podcast is blowing my mind because you know, you don't really think about school board races as being so pivotal. But like, as long as this school board is controlled by them, this will be the outcome. Until and that's the, why they, they'll, even if the governor is, is different and the city council is different and everyone is different, as long as these people still occupy such what most consider such a low level thing, it's not such a low level thing. I mean, it, it pretty much dictates the whole future. Mm -hmm. Children who don't have any skills when they leave the, the schools don't produce things for the economy. I want to, I want to just interrupt you for one second. Cause I just pulled this out when you talked about the government on many levels and the school system. So I'm going to read something to you. Um, we can talk about it or you could go on, but I think this is a, a such an urgent call. So Governor Newsom just signed a bill to protect sex offenders who have homosexual sex with minors. Ugh. 
So we need to really be aware in this city um, of what's going on from the top down, but at the level of the school board, we need to have a say. We need to have, I call it, you know, we need to have a, a deflated balloon. I am going to be a roadblock and I'm going to put my foot down because things that are not acceptable, we have to teach children the basics. We have to protect the children, how innocent they are. Let them experience what a child needs to experience. Yeah, childhood. Who are we as adults to basically say to them, you know, you're a boy or a girl because the little girl's playing with trucks. You know, you know, Rena, I got to tell you, I feel like I had such an idyllic childhood. Like, you know, looking back when I when I was ready to leave town and, you know, graduate high school, I just wanted to get out and go explore the world and everything. That was all a part of the journey. I had such an idyllic childhood, a simple American childhood. We would play with tree forts. We would play sports. We didn't have screens. We didn't have devices. We did really well on our exams. Very smart. I'm very, I can still do calculus. And Adam, by the way, you, you're saying something, you know, you didn't have the screens, you didn't have all this and you experienced life. And our children today are not experiencing life because they'll sit there with their little tiny iPad or their phone or whatever they have. They don't know how to socialize. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to play. Um, and I think it's really important that everyone that's listening to this be aware that you all you need is like one child in a family, one child in a group that actually has been privy to information that we've been, been talking about, these um, sexual books, privy to right. um, harassment, to bullying. And the rest will just kind of follow through and it will affect our society. So nobody is in a bubble. Right. No one, one of the things that you said to me the other day is that if one kid gets access to this book in the library and his mind becomes open to sexual ideas, the next family gathering he's going to go or she's going to go share that with all the other kids and then it spreads and now all the kids are twerking. Yeah. And so we need to really go out and vote because we have to make a change because otherwise our next generation is going to be uneducated, bullied, over-sexualized, um, massive STD rates, you know, and that's why we've had cut up transhuman, transgendered. We've had issues with scars with all over their bodies. We've had issues with safety because these kids are not educated. We've had issues. We didn't even with... touch on violence in the school system. There's so yeah. much bullying and, and, and fighting in the schools. I will Another not reason why a police officer on campus would be a good thing to have that's your own right. little cop. If there's a big fight on campus, that's his job. Not yeah. the teacher, not the, you know, I can't yeah. imagine a 65 year old teacher, you know, breaking up a fight between football player or, or even a, the thirty-year-old. If you have two sixth graders that are taller than her, you know we're we're asking for trouble. We're inviting. I saw. Them. You know, I get these videos all the time on the the Twitter. I, I you see kids fighting with teachers too, you yeah. know, in the classroom, and then they all have their phones out, so they're all filming it. There's like forty different copies of the of the student that fought the teacher. You know, mm -hmm. and it, 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 this is a really crazy topsy-turvy situation that calls for immediate action. You know, it, it's like cease and desist. There should be like a cease and desist. A dollar shouldn't be spent. We already saw that we could keep the kids home. We're going to keep them home for like a couple months while we clean up shop, fire everybody that is a little bit weird, reassess the uh, the financial situation and put the money where it should be, which is inside of higher education, you know, elevating the children's minds and, uh, and teaching them. You know, I, 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 I read Latin growing up. Um, I read Latin growing up. I had, uh, uh, I had uh, uh, so much of an education outside. I read all the classic literature before I went to college, Homer, Aristotle, uh, Plato, 
all of them I read before Canterbury, all of these before college. And I went, I didn't go to, you know, uh, I, I was in like, uh, the public school system, but I wasn't, I was in like, uh, you know, the, the AP program, of course, but I was, um, you know, I, I didn't go to some special school or anything like that. This is what was available to kids who had the ability to sit and learn. So. And, and I think need, today parents excuse is, you know what, I'm going to send my kids to a private school, which insane. is a big, big, big no, no mentally for the parents to say my kid, you know, and I've met so many people, my kids in private school or my child is. Well, in the district one, in the Jewish community, you have a lot <laughs> of the private school stuff because they the the community just chooses to disengage from all of that meshugas craziness you know prior and but and what's crazy about that is the private schools cost $35,000 a year per kid you know and these are like the the schools are draining young successful families of their robbing them of the of their futures robbing them of their uh you know their hard-earned success you know that upper middle class those two hundred fifty thousand dollar to five hundred thousand dollar a year earners and it drains them of all the extra cash they all have like four kids that's one hundred forty thousand dollars a year per family it's draining families that's investment capital that could have gone to create jobs that's investment capital that could have gone to create more wealth but instead it's draining young families. And that's the biggest issue inside of the Jewish community is mm -hmm. that the future investment, the future power of the nation is being held up in privatized education because secular education, A, is so bad, and B, uh, there are no means or grants to integrate the Jewish education into uh to the ability to get grants what's amazing is these people still pay taxes and pay for all the other kids education but can't get any of that money back from the government to pay for their own kids education in right. the private schools which is which is crazy that's the biggest issue in in the in the shtetl but yeah. um by the way adam a lot of the non-jews <clears throat> send their their kids to private schools as well oh yeah same, same reasons they're also in the bubble and um we need to wake up and say yeah. what this why do we have to pay such exuberant taxes whether you're for jewish not jewish or anything like that for for a school system that we're paying taxes for it's so risky it's so risky it's, you send your kid to yes. school and they might want to become trans and they might want to become something else they get exposed to ideas that are horrible. They get miseducated on everything. And it's, a, it's a nightmare. We're not giving them an education. And that's why it's so important for me that academics be on the front, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, we're paying astronomical, um, like, you know, $18 billion. Parents are taxpaying communities and we're just not getting anything for it. Right. Um, you know, and the crazy thing is there's $30 billion to actually do something with. Educate graduates. Graduates make the difference. So they have, you know, meaningful, they can meaningfully contribute to society. And our kids are our future. And every single day that we fail them, we have failed our society. We failed ourselves. You know, Rena, I was going to give you the last word, but I kind of feel like that was the last word. We're approaching the end of the podcast here. Um, I'm really happy that you came on the show. You really blew my mind, educated me on a lot of different things. I hope you get the opportunity to educate the city of LA District 1 on how to educate our children. You're really a special soul. I pray that God blesses you in this journey of yours. Would you like to close out the segment and say anything to my uh, viewer audience where they can find you, some imparting wisdom? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, go out and vote. March 5 is the election. Please go out and vote. In the interim, we need um, a lot of your support on many different levels. Um, go to Rena for the number four schoolboard.net. 
Um, we can use volunteers, we can use funding so that we can make a difference in our city. And Adam, I thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I want to thank our viewer audience who tunes in every single week for exciting guests, exciting conversations, lots of controversy. You never know what's going to happen next. But you know what? We show up every single week to fight this war, and that is my commitment to you, America, the viewer audience, and most importantly, God. My commitment to this fight is with you, God. I'm fighting for you. And that's why we have people like Rena on, because she's also fighting for you. So please protect our warriors in the battle of good versus evil. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm your host, Adam King. Good night. Peace. Thank you.